from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Shall we start with the humanity, Joe, before we get into the NFL and how we talk about the NFL? Yeah, let's well, let's feel well, good. Okay, let's, let's start yeah, let's, fuzzy. Let's, let's feel warm. The warm man. It's a fuzzy. Friday. Yes, let's do not this. a fun, not a fun Friday. It's a fuzzy Friday. It is. Demar Hamlin, after Monday night's cardiac arrest, spoke to the Buffalo Bills, his teammates, after the breathing tube was removed last night, and uh, Demar Hamlin apparently told the team via FaceTime that "Love you, boys. Love you, boys." That's what he said, and this is. Absolutely remarkable, given what we all saw on Monday night and all of the worst possible things that, you know, we thought was happening. Like, did we actually watch somebody die on on a football field? And technically we did. I mean, he had to be resuscitated, I believe, twice, once on the field, once later. So that's incredible, man. I mean, just that's that is as much as we want to bash Roger Goodell, the timing of how things played out on Monday night, you know, taking an hour to finally postpone the game or suspend the game, like the people who needed to do their jobs, like the actual conversation, they did their jobs, man. And that's wild to me. And I know that uh, the Bills are going to honor all the medical staff that saved his life. Just awesome, incredible. So that's the humanity portion of it, man. It's one of those, you know, we get these reminders all the time. That was another one. Life is precious. You ready to talk about the NFL portion of this now? Are you ready? Are you ready to get sucked back in? Can I do a shot first? I or? mean, we might. I mean, I guess at this point, it's Friday, right? Don't we have? We got the beer fridge kicking. Let's put it in the. Let's put it in the tumbler. Nobody's gonna know. So. <laughs> Or it's like what Godfather Three, you know the Al Pacino. Every time I'm out, every time I look at the decency of humanity, I'm dragged back into the muck. I'm back, baby. So let's talk about what the NFL is going to do now. We know that the Bills and the Bengals will not resume that game. Will not happen. So the NFL approved today a one-time only exception to their rules. For the record, there are rules in place for what happened on Monday night and how to determine the AFC side of the bracket through your favorite thing, Jillio. Point differential. And winning percentage. Okay. Winning percentage was the big one. But there's there are escalators. There are tiebreakers. There's ways to do this. But the NFL said, nope. Unprecedented thing means unprecedented action following said thing. And under this revised system, the AFC championship game could be played at a neutral site under conditions. For it to happen, the Bills or the Bengals have to get to the championship round as the road team. So if the Bills or the Bengals are the road team, it would be played on a neutral site. We do not know where the neutral site is. We'll get back to that in a second. Cincinnati and Baltimore could also have the site of their opening round playoff meeting determined by not winning percentage, not point differential, but by a coin flip if the Ravens beat the Bengals on Sunday and the two teams are set to meet again next week. This has not sat well with the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Taylor, uh, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, saying that the proposed playoff changes, which are no longer proposed, are actually happening, has positives 
for others, but it's negative for them. Quote, it's opportunities lost for us. This is from Zach Taylor. We had control and now we don't. There are positives for a lot of teams and negatives for us. This has some fans upset. Louis- I don't like that from Zach Taylor. I, like I said, we're back to are, football. Are you playing? No, are you playing? No, that's what he said. No, I'm saying, is he going to play the football game on Sunday? Yeah. Well, then beat the damn team in front of you, man. Where we're at. Stop whinging. There we go. Okay. But he's not the only one that's whinging. Shout out to Luis Fernandez. Right? He does a lot of work on the back end for uh, for WRAL Sports Plus. All right? He's a Bengals fan. He was complaining. Are you, he, had well, like, he had like a good two-minute rant back already, in the cubicle. He was already knee-deep into the scenario of the, the first-place <laughs> schedule. Actually. Oh, my oh, God. Not just the first-place schedule, but where they'll pick in the draft. Holy like, it's smokes. entirely possible that we lose to the Ravens. Uh, and then we're also in a worse draft position. Talk about manifesting on. something Dude, here. I'm telling you. You know what I'm going to manifest? I want to play in the Super Bowl. I want to win the Super Bowl. So We're not so, worried about potentially losing to the Ravens? In a weird sort of Get way. Get Joey Burrow on the mic. I need something better than that. In a weird as, sh- as great as Zach Taylor was on Monday yeah, night, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was spectacular. Him and Sean McDermott were awesome on Monday night. It, I expected a little bit more out of this. In a weird sort of way, doesn't that like fill your heart, though? No. In a different kind of way? Like, we start the conversation with a truly heartwarming, like, my goodness, you know, medical advances and people's humanity is amazing. But it also warms my heart that we can go, oh, DeMar Hamlin's good? He's going to live? He's talking? All right. Let's get back to business, boys. Let's start complaining. I actually do like the neutral site concept. Let's get to that. Because, like I was saying to you, there was a round robin between those teams. Yeah. Yeah, between the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills, one of those legs though kicked out there through unseen, unforeseen circumstance. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying coin toss, win percentage, conference record, whatever, point differential, I like the idea that this now potentially could be a neutral site game. Do you know who else should like this idea? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, playing in that frozen tundra in Kansas City every January. <laughs> does that team no favors? None. You know who else should like it? Because I'm assuming this neutral site's going to be Detroit or Indianapolis. Uh, my guess it would it would be Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. You know who else should like it? Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Once again. Yeah. I know you're gonna you're gonna give me. Oh, they should play in their elements. Oh, they should play in the snow. Oh, they should. Play. You want to talk about what we should have learned from Monday? Mm-hmm. You want to know what one of my biggest pet peeves is with the NFL? They put. Playoff games that matter at night in temperatures that humans should not perform under. Well, technically, it's a game that humans shouldn't play. Correct. So you might as well put it in the worst conditions possible. No. (laughs) We saw this last year. Yeah. We've seen this a couple years in a row where there's a choice between putting a night game in Tampa, Mm -hmm. put, put the game at night in Tampa, or, oh, no, 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 let's put the night game in Green Bay. Yeah. On on late. Uh or Boston. You know, there's a choice. You could put Boston on during the afternoon while there's some sun out. No, no, no. They gotta play at night in the freezing cold. Uh never mind your constituents, the fans who are paying their money. Sure. Why why you want to treat, you know, eighty thousand people that way? I don't know why. But, 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 but what about Buffalo, the players? But people in Buffalo love that. People in Green Bay love that, man. I'm, I'm going to push back no, on the Nobody in Green Bay loves it because, Joe, they can't cash the ticket, son. Well, they, you, you, you're Aaron Rodgers. 
Aaron Rodgers goes on the road. They go to Dallas. They go to Atlanta, two domes. They get to the championship, and they win. Mm-hmm. When they have the home field advantage, and they, oh, look, uh, one of the dumb white fullbacks is going to come out with no shirt on. This is awesome. <laughs> no, it's called hyperthermia, and it's idiotic. And you have the best, you have the most talented quarterback to ever play the position, yeah. and he can't get to the next step yeah. because you're playing on this. You're playing in subhuman conditions, and for what? For what? Right. So let's do it again. We're going to do it again this year. Let's do it again. I can't wait. So according to Michael Lombardi, uh, who uh, does podcasts now, he was the, the the GM for the Raiders most recently. Lamar Hunt, who is the owner of the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs and the founder of the NFL, or the AFL, I should say, he uh, he tweeted this out. Lamar Hunt always wanted a Final Four championship in a neutral city, covering another Super Bowl event or creating another Super Bowl event moneymaker for the owners and the players because you got to remember all the revenues get shared in the situation. Hunt had little or no support for the idea. Now with these conversations about a neutral site game, wonder if the NFL might be sending a trial balloon for Hunt's idea. Hunt believed that fans would travel. His proposal allowed the higher seed to receive 80% of the ticket allocation. The city hosting the games would be uh, paying for a rights fee. One game on Saturday, one game on Sunday. The NFL version of the Final Four would be a huge party for some cities. Yes, it would be an inconvenience for the home fans, but they might want to leave the cold, as you said, getting a vacation wrapped around their team. Also, as we've learned here in this market, your playoff tickets don't come as part of your season ticket package. Yeah. So you're paying for them anyway, and you're paying through the nose for your own seat. So what is more American than turning potential tragedy into a money-making proposition? Like I said, it warms my heart to see us go back to normal just like that. It was funny. Uh, I was talking with Adam Gold earlier this week before the streak was broken by the New York Rangers. I had joked with him. I'm like, all right, so what's the most likely scenario for this streak? What's like the most embarrassing way this can happen? It's like, ah, when Nashville's in town. It's not a great team. It'll just have a stinker or whatever it is. I'm like, okay, cool. Nobody could have predicted that the Carolina Hurricanes would lose in the fashion they did last night where they got 67 shots on Soros. 67 and only scored three goals and ended up losing 5-3. This is upsetting for ver- for a variety of reasons. The biggest one for me is you are two shots short of denying us the jokes, okay? Two shots short. I needed two more. And it would have been one of the most amazing nights on Kane's Twitter. I texted Mike Maniscalco play-by-play for the Carolina Hurricanes last night with about three minutes to go in that game. And I told him, if you don't say nice after the 69th shot on Soros, lose my number. Oh, he probably already lost my number, so it's neither here nor there. But no, no, 67. Ridiculous. Here's Adam Gold. He does the Canes Corner podcast. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. Give me with your best shot. Fire away. All 
right, boys, I got two minutes for sometimes it just isn't your night. Remember how many times you've watched a baseball game and the batter with the bases loaded hits a line drive right at the pitcher, right back through the box that's going to center field, but somehow the pitcher just flashes a glove, ducks out of the way, and the ball just sticks in his mitt. Well, that's what happened to the Carolina Hurricanes last night. In honor of the return of Max Pacioretty, who wears number 67, the Hurricanes fired a record 67 shots at UC Soros, and only 64 of them got through. Expected goals for the game, according to analytics, the Hurricanes should have scored six and a half goals. I've never seen that number. They scored three. After making it one nothing, Carolina really got to their game, and somehow, none of these went in. Shea it forward, though, for Sveshnikov. Tries to go short side, rebound, follow Soros with the save, and the puck goes over the top of the net. Oh, two great A's for Svechnikov, and he still has the puck. Now he sends it to Stasny, who just got on the scoreboard on the power play. Now sent for Natchez, back for Svechnikov. He hammers one, Stasny's second shot, Soros gets across. Oh, mercy, you see Soros has kept this a one-goal game. Could have been three on that shift alone. The puck was essentially laying in the crease for about 15 seconds, and it didn't go. Some of that was UC Soros, some of that was, there's a lot of bodies in there, and the puck just didn't get through. Then, after some questionable goals allowed by Carolina, defense, and Pyotr Kachetkov, they found themselves down 4-3, got a late power play, and still, this couldn't go. Patrick Reddy lets it go, up front, Svechnikov doesn't get through, and hits a body. A yawning net, but then somehow a leg gets in the way of that chance. Andrei Sveshnikov himself accounted for five grade-A scoring chances and 10 scoring chances overall. He might have been the best player in the game, and he had no points. Sometimes it just isn't your night. Hurricanes lose 5-3 to the Nashville Predators. 67 shots on goal. What's going to happen if Andre Kasha, who wears number 73, ever comes back into the lineup? It was nice of the Canes to welcome Max Pacioretty back with 67 shots in honor of his number, 67. So this is from ESPN Stats Information from what we saw last night. Soros saved, is adjusted to 64 shots for the Nashville Predators, just the sixth goaltender in NHL history to make 60 saves in a game. And I'm sorry, saved 64 shots, I should say, uh, out of 67. That's the sixth goaltender in NHL history to make 60 saves in a game and the first since Ron Tugnut. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Is that a line from Shorzy? Anyway, Ron Tugnut on March 21st, 1991. It's pretty uncanny what we saw last night against the National Predators, Joe. All I could think about was Jonathan Rand's acapella the news, Ned over Juice. It was a John Party send-off. It's nice. great. So here's my I'll you know what? I'm gonna entertain Complainiacs territory. Okay. You're, you're familiar with the Complainiacs, right? Um I'm putting the context clues together, yes. Yeah, the Complainiacs are the ones who after a loss, it's like the end of the freaking world. If you want to see where Complainiacs live, just look under one of Dennis Cox's Bally Sports South tweets. Uh-huh. They're all there. Or, or the water bottle I got thrown towards me. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah, it's clearly because they know you tweet. Exactly. Like, there's the guy. Um, I almost got hit in the head yesterday. That's brutal, man. That is brutal. I, you know what? Raleigh's a real sports city now. 
good for us. Throw stuff. I like it. Um, if you want, if you want to go where the complaining acts are, go to the Reddit page. I'm a big fan of the Kane subreddit. I dabbled in the Kane's Discord, couldn't keep up, and of course, there's hashtag Kane's Twitter. Kane's ain't gonna go far if this crap keeps up. Kane's don't have finishers. Oh, you're you're channeling your inner complaining act. Right I am now. I channeling. Thought you were, no, I, I thought you no, were saying that Kane's nope, aren't gonna go far. No, nope, like, I am channeling my wait, inner complaining act. I am letting my freak flag fly right now. Okay. They are not. They're going to have a repeat of the last couple of years in the playoffs if this crap continues. You know that uh, that meme, the guy in the hot dog suit from I Think You Should Leave? Yes. You know, like the, the, the meme is the guy in the hot dog suit. He crashes his hot dog mobile into a store, and he says, we're trying to find the guy who did this. That's the Carolina Hurricanes. Every single time there's a goalie who has a career night on them. How does this keep happening? We had all these high-danger shots. Log off. Log off. Stop looking at natural stat trick or whatever that freaking website is. Stop it, okay? Put your Fenwick back in your pants. The point is, you can give me all your fancy stats. Watch the freaking game. And tell me if of those 67 shots, how much of them were truly high danger. Well, the computer told me that it was a high danger chance. Watch the game. How much traffic did they have in front of Soros last night? You know why Kochekov wasn't all that hot last night? There were redirects, man. There were tr- there was traffic in front of Kochekov last night. And while he would like some of those back, the National Predators did a better job of that. And that's my concern with the Carolina Hurricanes because this continues to happen. What? You know they play 82 games, right? No. It's a wrap. Second round team. It's a wrap. They can't finish. I need winners. You're not with me? All right, I'm going to turn the complainiac off. I'm done now. <laughs> well, it's just a paid joke. Did, it, did I do a good job? Did that sound complainiac enough for you? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you ever taken aback when someone's like, can you spell your last name? You're like, yeah, no, that's fine. Ovius, O-V-I-E-S. Got it. And what's your first name? Joe. Can you spell that? I get that part. You do? Yeah, some people might spell it just J-O. Yeah, man. I'm just saying. Look, we live in You're a world- You're not bothered by that, though. No, I mean, we live in a world where, you know, Jeff It is- bothers me when people ask me how to spell Joe. How it many does. how many versions of Jeff can be can be spelled? Yeah, but that's know? a common multiple spelling name. Can, there is I, no common multiple spelling for to Joe. a male named Joe. Uh, no, sir. I mean, I guess you can't make it G I O. That would be G O. Yeah. Well, no, Joe could be like G E. No, it's G O. Yeah, I can't do that. I guess not. I was looking for like a different way to do it. Because there's just like multiple, Joe. you can spell Ryan multiple ways. Yeah, I guess you could do J U H O O E J O. Yeah, I mean, how many like Jessica, right? There's multiple Jessicas. There's multiple I get Jessicas. that. Again, though, 
There's three letters. It's yeah. biblical. Figure it out. Yeah, I mean. Stop asking me how to spell Joe. Okay, gotcha. It's on one of my hills. Please. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's answer some Hey Joe questions. Joe cracked it on. It's Hey Joe, H-E-Y-J-O-E. Thank you. For those out there who Thank you. Know. How do you spell that? Just did. From Howard. Hey Joe, by how many points does State lose to Virginia Tech tomorrow? <laughs> it's Law of the Wolf, right? Crush Duke? No. This, was. this is my guy, Mike Young, just being a good coach. And, and Virginia Tech being desperate, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, they're one of three in the league. I didn't see that coming. Let's see what KP's got for us. 74-70. Okie's at home. He had Duke 72, NC State 70. I mean, yeah. To me, that's kind of a toss-up in the world of Ken Palm. Um, you, you talk about Virginia Tech being a desperate team. I get that. But so is NC State. NC, NC State was. Now they just had a big win. Now, here, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little basketball here All right. on you. All right. And our guy only played 16 minutes against Duke, DJ Burns. DJ Burns is not going to be able to be on the floor against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Because as we saw in Brooklyn, what Mike Young did to Mark Williams, what he did to Armando Baycott is... He knows how to isolate bigs in the pick and roll and just abuse them. Unfortunately for DJ Burns, that's going to be a problem. If Kevin wants to put DJ Burns on the floor tomorrow, he probably has to play some zone. Next up. All right, from David. Hey, Joe, any chance of Gary Hahn mentioning the Cubans during the Miami game? Y'all. Y'all. Come on now. Wait, was this a real question? It's a real question. I only use real questions, Joe. You know this. All right, let's go. And you can look at my mentions. Well, can we find different music now? Because I need like an ISO cam. Oh, jeez. I need a real. I need a real. Well, no, 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 in, in, no. In it's got to be a little more serious than that. Uh, in a it way. It almost feels Walter Cronkite here. We need to let. <laughs> give me like some sort of spotlight or some symphony music and just let my guy go here. Because. Well, I hope. I hope that. I hope that Gary Hahn does reference my dad, who will be there for that game. He's Cuban. So there will be a Cuban in attendance for the. Uh, for the mic. <laughs> All right, fine. Look, so Gary Hahn, play-by-play announcer for NC State, was suspended after he, for some unknown reason, decided to, I don't know, add some color to a scoreboard by saying, oh, amongst the illegals in El Paso, which, yes, in El Paso, Texas, there is a lot of undocumented uh, people have crossed the border. It's a it's a whole it's a whole thing that I don't need to get into. It's it's a complicated story. Regardless, he got suspended. He's supposed to come back to Miami game. Um. <laughs> All right. How do I how do I put this? I I I know Gary. I don't know no Gary. It's one of those like professional relationships. I see Gary. He sees me. I say hey. He says hey. That's it. Like I don't know Gary. Some people know Gary better than I. It's whatever. I've never had those kind of interactions with him. Uh, I've always found him to be professional. It is what it is. But let's have a quick conversation about why this was a problem. And I guess I'll, I'll bring in the whole Cuban heritage part of this into the equation. Words matter. Okay? Words matter. And if there's one thing that folks have gotten better at if you will and i say this very cynically folks have gotten a lot better with dog whistles folks have gotten a lot better with code words if i can't say this out loud even though people are emboldened to do that on social media these days but if i have to say the words i'll find other ways to do it and illegal aliens is a very loaded phrase 
And when you say illegal aliens, it has a very negative connotation that leads to, you know, they're coming to take our jobs and they're sending their worst people and these people need to be sent back home. Blah, 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 blah. So I'll ask this. As a first-generation Cuban-American, you know, I was born in this country. I was the first in my family to be born in this country. When my grandparents came over from Cuba, both my dad's parents and my mom's parents, they were not labeled as illegal aliens. They were viewed as asylum seekers, leaving an oppressive government, bettering their situation. My grandparents on my mom's side left for different reasons before Castro. My dad left, my, my dad's side of the family left because of Castro. I mean, heck, my grandfather was getting ready to go to med school at University of Havana. Obviously did not happen. Had to rebuild his life in Hialeah. So, when Cubans come over, it's, it's positioned in a different way. Actually, yesterday, there was 300 Cubans who showed up on Dry Tortugas. They had to shut down the National Park because of that. But if you go read those stories, peep the game. Look at how it reads. Look at how it's positioned. I will absolutely get political here. So just so you know, I know what I'm doing. Do you think that the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, is going to send those 300 Cubans to Martha's Vineyard? Of course he's not. You know why he's not going to do that? Because Cubans vote largely conservative. Cubans love Ronald Reagan. I mean, love Ronald Reagan. There is a table at a very famous Cuban restaurant where Ronald Reagan had Cuban coffee. They've cordoned it off. Okay? So, you see where things change depending on the situation? People are coming to this country for the same exact reason, except one is positioned a particular way, because you like them, and the other is positioned in a way that isn't positive, because you don't like them. Peep the game? Don't believe me? Go read the stories. I also find it interesting, too, in the world of sports, we talk about illegal aliens in one particular way, but Yasiel Puig can literally defect from the country as an undocumented worker and they'll do everything in their power to get them on a baseball team weird right now you can try to hit me with different situations and not all is the same and i'm sitting here telling you trust me i have family members who came over here quote unquote the right way and i have family members who came over here the wrong way however you want to phrase that whether it was a boat lift whether it was through normal processes and I can tell you, every single time a Cuban has come over, it has not been positioned the same way as somebody from Central America. Ask yourself why. Ask yourself why that's the case. And then you'll know why people got really ticked off by what Gary Hahn said. Now I'm getting ticked off. So let's lighten the mood. Let's get to another question. Yeah! I'll change the music for that. Yes, please. From Philip. Hey, Joe, any thoughts on the upcoming Switch game Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a transition. I appreciate that, Philip. Uh, yeah, I think the new Zelda game's coming out for the Switch in May, right? It's supposed to be coming out for the Switch the in spring. May. So I think it has a hard release date in spring. Hopefully it won't be uh, it won't be delayed. Uh, yes, to answer the question, I am hype about this because uh, I actually just bought a new SD card for the Switch because I realized I've run out of space, so I have to transfer some stuff over, and I'm going to start playing Breath of the Wild again, even though I've completed it, just so I'm not rusty when Tears of the Kingdom comes out. All right, next up. 
Whoa. I almost bought Ocarina of Time for the 64 the other day. Dude, it's a great game, man. It's a great game. From Hank, hey, Joe, was Vince McMahon's retirement, air quotes, an impending return to WWE all part of a Triple H storyline? No. Yeah, I guess what? uh, Vince McMahon, Gilio, used his board, his stock power, to put himself back on the WWE board. You got to remember, the WWE is a publicly traded company. Right. It's positioned as Vince McMahon getting ready to sell the WWE because I guess they got their new television rights deal coming up for renegotiation. They the signed end of this with, year. Okay, it's the end of this year because they had f- signed with Fox and NBC Universal. Um, you got to remember, Vince was forced into this retirement because he was because it was money. It wasn't because of what he did. It was because he was actually using money to pay off people to not talk about his misconduct, and that's why he had to be shown the door. So this is not a storyline? It's actually kind of skeezy? I'll be curious to see how the WWE plays it. Although, Dennis, you told me the stock went up 20% today. I know it went up. I don't know if it was that much, but the stock shot up today. Jeez. Go figure. Next up. How you doing? All right, final one here from Jeff, spelled J-E-F-F. Hey, Joe, what are your thoughts on a neutral site AFC championship game if it comes to it, and where would you like it played? Yeah, I think Detroit or Indy makes the most sense. I want to play it inside. I like perfect conditions in the postseason. I don't want to see snow or sub-freezing temperatures decide who wins the Super Bowl. I want to see the best players playing at their best at the most important time of the year. I don't care about how tough you think you are or how many shots of fireball you think you can consume. That doesn't matter to me. Seeing good football does. What about Wallace Wade? Wallace Wade? I mean, it hosted a Rose Bowl once. Why not add to the legacy of Wallace Wade Stadium? It's got a good field. Are no? You, are you are you back on the Complainiacs? No. I was Will playing. you let me know when the bit is over, please? No, it's a legitimate question. Why not play it like at a college stadium, like a famous college stadium? It, is, it an, is it an inside facility? No, I guess okay. it's, it's not inside. What if it was outside in Florida somewhere? That's okay. That's okay. Perfectly acceptable. Okay. What about Stadia Azteca? Take it to Mexico. No, because the turf's terrible. Actually, yeah, the turf is <laughs> Which is worse? Bank of America Stadium turf? <laughs> it's a coin toss. <laughs> or Stadia Azteca.